0: It was a commitment that we made um, that, you know, was like, we're making this work, no matter what. And, and even, and I don't, when I say, you know, making it work, it doesn't mean that like, oh, we're staying married, no matter what. Right. No, we're committed to the relationship to our family and to you know, making it work like in whatever circumstances
1: that happens. Hey there, I'm Ani Michalski, wellness coach, therapist and mom to half a dozen amazing kiddos. This podcast is for moms who desperately need a break, but refuse to take one. You know who you are. You have a jam-packed schedule and you're so busy doing everything for everyone else. You don't leave any time for you. What's up with that? Well, no more. Take off your superwoman cape and learn how to put yourself on your to-do list. This is the Moms Without Capes podcast. Hey mom, short on time but feeling like you're at the end of your rope or that your bucket is nearing empty? Grab this list of 15 self-care practices that you can do in under 15 minutes. These ideas will get you quickly back on track and are great for moms who are limited on time. I think that's most of us. So check out the show notes or go to momswithoutcapes.com backslash self-care-ideas to download your list today. Today we have on the Moms Without Capes podcast, Yana Gildamantes. Welcome. Welcome, Yana, to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to chat with you. Yeah, I am excited too. So, Yana is an international marriage coach on a mission to create a new paradigm for marriages all over the world. Her unique approach combines over 15 years of training with her experiences from her own marriage. After getting married and becoming a mom, Yana found herself falling into the unhealthy marital patterns she learned from her parents and realized that if she wanted to be happy and fulfilled in her relationship, she had to learn new ways of being married and living life. What she discovered after almost 16 years of training and development, thousands of hours of coursework, seminars, and a spiritual awakening was a brand new paradigm for relationships and marriage. And in collaboration with her husband, Rick, they wrote and developed a life-changing marriage program that has saved and rebuilt marriage after marriage. Today, Yana and I will be talking about the invisible pitfall that keeps us from having fulfillment and joy in our marriage, as well as what expectations about our relationships keep us stuck. Let's get into it. Mm -hmm. So, Yana, I shared about some of your bio, but tell us a bit more about your journey and how you got to be where you are today.
0: Thank you so much for, for the introduction and for asking that question. Gosh. um, So, you know, I don't, like, my story is, I think, very, um, like, I wouldn't say common, but it is when I talk to other moms. Um, And I think it's something that a lot of us don't talk about openly. Um, So, you know, I I got married, and my husband, when we were dating, you know, we were in, in a relationship for six years, like, just in these patterns of like breaking up, getting back together, um, trying to, you know, kind of work through stuff. And then we, and you know, we were in love. So we were like, okay, let's just, let's get married. And in my mind, somewhere deep down, I was like, okay, once you get married, everything is just going to kind of work itself out. You know, you have the baby.
1: How long have you guys been married? 10 years. 10 years. Okay. Okay.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So it was almost like, you know, when we were dating, I was like in this mindset somewhere deep down that like, okay, once we get married, like we're just gonna, (laughs) yeah, you know, and I think as girls, as women, we learned that, that like, you just get to that place and then you just work it out. And, um, and then I got married and, you know, we bought our dream home. We had the dream careers and the, you know, we had the kids. And there was like this really deep kind of missing for me, and I was like, I don't understand, like what's going on? He's great, he's he's an awesome guy. I mean, we had our share of arguments and all this stuff, but um, but you know, we we were okay. And then you know, I had these two beautiful girls, and um, you know, the house, like everything, all the check boxes were kind of checked right. off. Right. But somewhere deep down, I was just like feeling this,
1: like, like unfulfillment.
0: Yeah, yeah, unfulfillment. And, you know, luckily, Rick and I, Rick is my husband, we've been doing personal development work and all kinds of work since, gosh, like since we we started dating. So um, I've taken tons of, you know, courses and different modalities, you know, healing modalities I studied. So I definitely was like, okay, like, how do I take all this work and actually apply it to my marriage, to my relationship, because I was like personal development junkie for myself. But now I was in a in a relationship. So I really started applying all of that into my relationship. And it was amazing like the transformation that I experienced being it was almost like I really started to experience my marriage in a different way. And it was all over here where I was, um, you know, and, and then after some years, we actually sat down and we wrote this program called The Transform Your Marriage based on all of the work that we've done and the trainings that we've, you know, gone through and on our marriage and kind of like what, you know, cause we literally took it on. Like it was like uh, an experiment. And, um, and I realized that, you know, if I was going to leave it up to kind of default, because, you know, the default way that I was, that I was be showing up in my marriage was everything I learned from my parents, from grandparents, from society. And that's how most couples kind of do it. We, they, we just leave it up to whatever, you know, But you found it and, wasn't working for you. No, not at all. And, um, and we really, Got responsible for creating our marriage, like creating it in a way that we really want to experience it rather than just, you know, falling into these kind
1: of like pitfalls and patterns that we learn from our parents. Mm -hmm. Sure. So you treated it because both of you, it sounds like Rick was definitely in the self development space as well.
0: Mm -hmm. But then you found yourself, it
1: was like this third entity that Mm -hmm. needed to be developed. And so together you decided to, to treat it as such and to Absolutely. figure out how yeah. to develop that.
0: Yeah, and I told
1: myself,
0: you know, I'm like, I wanna make this not just work, but I wanna have like the most solid foundation in my home. And, and I wanna teach my kids something else.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, not what I learned from my parents, you know? Right, um, right. Cause yeah, the, the, like there needed to be an interruption of the of the kind of these patterns
1: yeah yeah and we are taught like i mean especially if you're in like that self-development like how like the the marriage is like the core and the rock of like Mm -hmm. all that is to follow so like a lot of times so the listeners here are like super moms and we tend to put our own needs and our own ones you know second second place and oh yeah that that includes like putting your kids in front of you. And there was an interesting article that um, I read not so long ago. And it was all about how we're doing it wrong by like putting our children in front of our own needs and wants. like, you know, the way that we're, that we need to build that rock first. And it sounds like that you are doing it in the right order because first you worked on yourself because change Mm -hmm. definitely comes from within. And then yeah. you decided, okay, you and Rick together need to be yeah. strong. You guys need to have that that strength to be able to build mm-hmm. this family with your two daughters, it sounds like you have.
0: Yeah. Well, those little ones, they are learning how to be from us. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't realize oh, it. And yeah. actually, one time, I remember when before, I just had my firstborn, and um, I was talking to a pastor, and I asked him, what is the best he, you know, years and years of traveling the world and teaching marriage workshops and family workshops and I asked him I was like well what's the best parenting advice you have for me since I'm a new mom and he said honestly he's like work on your marriage always Mm -hmm. put your your marriage Yeah. yeah you know first because he's like if you think about it your kids will not remember the organic food that you're you know, <laughs> making them or the like cute outfits right. that you're buying them and all the time you're spending on their birthday parties what they will remember and what they're watching is who you are and who you know you are with your partner and they're learning everything about life about relationships about how to show up in the world from what they see yeah. in your home so if you and your spouse are not you know okay kids will they feel notice. it and they will pick up on that energy and you know mm-hmm. it's it's just very very um it like opened up my eyes and I really got that
1: yeah and it's true yeah, I mean I definitely I'm yeah. still
0: processing and healing stuff yeah. that I learned you know from my parents and all of mm-hmm. their
1: arguments so right right so why do you think that most marriages fail? because I mean the divorce rate is still pretty high up there getting yeah. higher so why I know.
0: And gosh, there's so many, you know, components and reasons and things that go yeah. into it. But I the biggest kind of thing that I um that I believe is we really go into relationships and this is something that most of us don't ever even consciously realize and we don't ever talk about. But we call it the big lie. And it's really having this subconscious belief that your relationship is not really going to work out, like not fully, right? If you think about like the it, self like doubts,
1: or not even self-doubt, yeah. the doubts.
0: Yeah, well, you know, we hope and we like when we meet somebody, we fall in love with them. And we have all these beautiful dreams and visions and hopes and all of this stuff. But then you get disappointed, right? And you're going to get disappointed when you're in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Like that's just going to happen. (laughs) And then you start looking for evidence of like, oh, this isn't going to work out. Yes. This isn't going to work out. He's not like, you know, he's he's not, he doesn't love me or he doesn't care about me or whatever stories kind of you learned growing Mm up, right? Because if you really think about it, even, you know, if you saw your parents or grandparents having a good relationship, there's always something that we as human beings look for to kind of stay safe. So we always look for evidence of like how it's not exactly
1: what you yes. want. Yep. It's so mm-hmm. much easier to, to collect that evidence, evidence that supports what you're believing rather yes. than the evidence that yeah. goes against it.
0: And we don't have any evidence in our society of relationships really working out mm. either.
1: Right. You
0: know, there's a lot of um kind of collective agreement of how it doesn't work out Mm -hmm. so it's almost like you go into it not really believing that it's ever going to be fully you know like it's gonna work (laughs) Uh exactly (laughs) and actually this is a conversation rick and i before we got married we got really honest about we actually went out to dinner and we had this conversation like look we don't believe it's going to work so how can we be responsible for that conversation and creating you know what we really want and making it work because if you you know are constantly believing that it's not really going to work and you're always looking for for evidence that's exactly what's going to happen
1: yes um so you know so then you had to shift that belief and start Mm -hmm. believing that it indeed will work Despite yeah like it's it's a commitment action.
0: sure yeah it was a commitment that we made um that you know was like we're making this work no matter what and and even and then when I say you know making it work it doesn't mean that like oh we're staying married no matter what right no we're committed to the relationship to our family and to you know, making it work, like in whatever circumstances that happens. So, you know, it's not, if we one day choose, like, this isn't the path that we are on, then we support one another on that path. But, um, but it really is a commitment. And, um, and, a and then you, minute, it sounds like mm-hmm, and you have, yeah. And, you know, when you share a similar vision with your partner, and you're committed to that vision, and you're committed to making it work, then all of those thoughts that come up of like, oh, this isn't going to work, like you, you really kind of observe them, you acknowledge them, and you really see it as just kind of these beliefs that you learned, and not right. what is the truth. And right. I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of us, you know, we see it as the truth,
1: right. and
0: um, and we we want to be right about the truth.
1: Hey, did you know that there's a Facebook group filled with Moms Without Capes? Women who are learning that it's safe to take off the superwoman cape and take care of themselves? There sure is, and we'd love to have you in the group. Moms Without Capes is a free community for moms who feel overwhelmed, stressed out, and exhausted from trying to do it all. Come discover who you are under that cape and give yourself permission to show yourself some love. Search Moms That Capes when you're in Facebook, or follow the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. See you there. Mm-hmm. So what do you see as the biggest differences between those marriages that do succeed and those that that don't?
0: Don't, yeah. I would say one is really being open, honest about kind of the darkness that comes up mm-hmm. and having that vulnerable communication with one another Mm -hmm. um because you know it really you start to see one another um in in ways and then and then also being able to have that space to be that like having that agreement to have that and when couples can can kind of go that deep and be that open and and that vulnerable um it, there's so much intimacy that can happen from that and like that connection that we seek right. that human connection um and a lot of I think couples don't do that you know they right. just kind of pretend and then and they then come they wonder why me. they're just living with a roommate exactly exactly yeah. um so so that and then you know definitely having a shared vision um of like what like even if it's as simple as like what I was sharing with you, you know, Rick and I, like our vision is that this marriage works, that mm-hmm. so we do the work, that we're committed to making it work. And that's like a vision that we have for our kids. I mean, that's it's a very foundational vision. There's a lot more, but like really having an agreement of what the bigger picture, I call it the big why right. is for your marriage and why you're in this marriage and what you want to teach your kids and, and so on. So when you really, you know, are grounded in that vision, then the day-to-day stuff is just kind of the day-to-day stuff. Like it's not such a big deal, right? Because there's a bigger vision. perspective.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So just out of curiosity, like when you talk about, you know, this vision and like the commitment and taking action towards like, you know, collecting that evidence that's going to support this strong marriage. How often do you, like, what are some, some things that we can do to, to foster this and to, to make sure that we are building that strong rock?
0: Yeah. Um, Honestly, I would say first, because a lot of times we're not even conscious of this stuff ourselves. So doing something together, whether it's like working with a therapist or a coach or doing something where you bring it all to the surface. Because a lot of times, okay. I would say most of the time, even Rick and I, like what we teach this, like you're not gonna take the initiative to have these conversations, right. to look at this. Stuff. They're hard conversation. Yeah, nobody hard, wants to look yeah. at this stuff. So, you know, really having some sort of um, outside structure okay. that will hold you accountable.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: for that you know we have a coach that we talk to we have people in our lives that like will hold us accountable Um, so I think that is probably one of the first steps and then really creating that time to you know to have those conversations to really check in to connect and I know you know it's it's different with men and women women we are the ones who a lot of times will want to take the initiative to do that and men they're like I don't need to talk about their feelings (laughs) yeah yeah so I always you know women always ask me like well what if I want to do it but he doesn't um okay so you start you be the leader of your family and you start to really look within and to start identifying like well what are these beliefs that I have what what am I telling myself about my marriage, that you know, how can I be responsible for my relationship? And I really believe that, you know, a relationship is one hundred percent responsibility, like for you, like it's your relationship, and each person has a hundred percent responsibility for right, that. It's not a fifty-fifty. That's what you're
1: saying. No,
0: I really don't believe it's a fifty-fifty. Okay. So if you want to feel joy and feel happiness in your marriage like what can you do to experience that to have that so if your husband right now if he's not you know up to working on the marriage or he's not really you know feeling like there's anything off it's okay like you can actually still take the steps and and be the leader and then do
1: it for yourself like do it so you can find that inner and a joy, and yeah, I imagine and a lot that. of times they will follow. Right, I imagine that would—that's a very common scenario because men oh, like they—they yeah. they like to, you know, why fix it if it's not broke? And so, Absolutely. right. So, I'm sure that that's something that a lot of a lot of moms or a lot of wives or mm-hmm. women, yeah, will need to do that coaxing and like. And we do tend to fall into that victim mentality, like the blame game and all of that, mm-hmm. thinking that it's the other person's they need to pull their weight. And when they're not oh, like yeah. pulling their weight, then you feel discouraged and you feel like hopeless. Yeah. yeah. So I love that you say that That's it's 100% right. and 100%, not 50-50.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So what is the key of having that great communication in a marriage? And it sounds like it, it needs to happen from the very start. But yes, it does it? What's your...
0: Yeah. Well, I you know, one of the keys I think is really being intentional in your communication. Um, a lot of times I think as women, we think that we're great communicators, but we're just like talking and venting <laughs> yeah, and complaining teacher. out loud. You know, <laughs> like I, the I mean, I do it, and like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's how we are with our girlfriends and mm-hmm. there's nothing about it, you know, but if you're in a relationship with a man, they communicate very differently. And they are a lot more focused on like, what's the point? How do I fix this? So if you want to be successful mm -hmm, in (laughs) any communication, not just with a man, with Mm -hmm. anybody, you really have to check in and ask yourself, um, what is my intention here? And most of the time, what you'll find is a lot of the communication that is there is a complaint that you're having. Mm -hmm. So I always, I do this exercise with my clients have them identify the complaints that they have about whatever topic, situation that, you know, you wanna communicate with your partner about, what is the default complaint? So for example, you know, if, um, if, you're, if you want him to open up more and if you want him to talk to you more or whatever and communicate, the default complaint that's there like right away it's like he doesn't open up he doesn't share enough he shuts down whatever you know and it's already there and it's in this negative kind of um constant you know complaint This thought that you're having and it usually when you're in that complaint mode you really you know you feel disempowered
1: yeah you feel
0: stuck so and you know, and it's those
1: conversations you're having over and over and over again and mm-hmm. nothing's changing.
0: <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Because you know, when you come to the conversation from that complaint, you're just in this place of like making the other person wrong. Yeah. And being and, and really being right about whatever, yeah. you know, complaint you have. So yeah. there's no way to really come together and make anything happen. Right. So we make the shift from the complaint into well what do you desire because on the other mm-hmm. side of the complaint there's always something that you desire yeah so so for example you know what i desire is i really want to have um connection with my husband mm-hmm. i'm just giving this an ex- sure. example to piggyback yeah. back on the complaint of that he doesn't open yeah. up i want connection my intention is that we really you know have these open conversations and we have time together whatever that is and you really You know become intentional about what you want to communicate and what your desires are Mm because it always comes from a deep desire and then when you communicate really set that intention and rather than coming to your partner from the complaint perspective really invite him into you know share with him what your intention is and you can also be responsible that hey you know what i've actually been kind of complaining and, and upset that we, you don't do that. And please forgive me. Like you can actually take responsibility Mm -hmm. because most of the time they don't even know that, you know, you want this. Right. So it's, it's your, you know, your thing that you really want this way, this, this experience. So when you take responsibility for that, and when you really let them know, Hey, you know, I've been making you wrong for that or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you, you come from that place of like, you know it's not on you it's magical how your partner respond. will actually
1: respond and yeah. listen to you
0: yeah um, it kind of goes back so to yeah. that
1: old belief new belief thing like if you're coming mm-hmm. at it with a complaint that's kind of like the old belief like and you're going to you're going to seek out that evidence that supports that complaint and like Absolutely. and it just brings makes you more and more discouraged whereas mm-hmm. if you work on bringing to the table, what you, in, like your intention, or like what you would like, or your desire, mm-hmm. you're going to approach it from a whole different, like with that new belief and start like looking for like, how can I start collecting the evidence that's going to support that new belief or that exactly. desire? Yeah. And you get to create from that place, mm-hmm. you know,
0: that's how we create. And and that's very much of like a feminine um, energy of creation and desire So when we're in this like complaint mode, we're just like in survival and we feel stuck and it's not anything that, you know, that will move forward most of the time. It's not serving, yeah. (laughs) Mm -mm,
1: Not at all. The mission of Moms Without Capes is to empower super moms, moms who don't make time for themselves because they are so busy taking care of everyone and everything else. My goal is to help you get comfortable with hanging up your cape. You might be holding on tight to your cape, tying your worth to your to-do list, packing your schedule and running the kids all over town, sacrificing or postponing your own passions, neglecting your health, and at the end of the day, falling into bed exhausted and already worrying about what needs to get done tomorrow. Sound familiar? This was me for about a decade. The guilt, the shame, the resentment, the overwhelm, the exhaustion. I struggled to put myself on my to-do list, and when I did, I was last on the list, and rarely did I feel up to doing anything that would make me feel good. So my health, my mood, and my family suffered because of it. I started with the doing part, because I am an action taker, and so I began implementing small acts of self-care into my days being intentional about doing one small thing each day that was just for me. Then I began doing the internal work, the mindset shifts, the self-discovery and the self-building that helped me truly love myself. We talk a lot about self-care and Uh prioritizing yourself. What is your favorite way to practice self-care? We, yeah. we get away from like the bubble baths and the massages and all of those things that society yeah. kind of tries to sell us what mm-hmm. self-care is. How do you define it? How do you recharge? Honestly, taking time for myself to really be, get
0: conscious. Mm-hmm. For me, the self-talk is the biggest like way to self-care. Because if you're telling yourself like, I'm not worthy, I suck. And you're just like, talking negatively to yourself those bubble baths or manicures or whatever they will not make a difference they will only kind of try to fix the you know the end (laughs) date exactly so really it's like how are you talking to yourself are you being you know gentle with yourself are you Mm -hmm. loving yourself are you really like being kind to yourself and then the self, you know, the out kind of physical self-care can be whatever expression of that love right. that you have towards yourself. Um, but it really does start with, I think that self-talk.
1: I agree. I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what book have you read? I know that you, you read a lot. So this is kind mm-hmm. of a hard question, but what book would you say has greatly influenced or impacted your life and how you live life today? Mm, thank you
0: yeah for asking um i right now and there's so many but right now spiritual partnership by gary zukoff is such a good book like i highly recommend um that everybody listens i listen to my books on audible um but you know it talks a lot about um conscious relationships and and creating really looking at your relationship as this like spiritual experience um and it's it's just beautiful
1: awesome so where can moms find you um
0: on instagram i'm the marriage coach the marriage.coach and then facebook you can just you know search um conscious marriage community and that's a, a facebook group that i have okay um, where we kind of share different things and um yeah on facebook or instagram
1: All right. Awesome. And I will put all of that. So if you're interested in getting in touch with with Yana and working with her to improve your relationship and your marriage, check out the show notes of today's episode and you will find all of her social links and her website and all of that. So thank you so much for coming on to the show and sharing with us your wisdom. Oh, thank
0: you so much for having me.
1: It's been so fun talking
0: about something that I just love talking about.
1: (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of the Moms Without Caves podcast. I'm always up to hearing your ideas for future episodes, so send me a DM and let me know. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would be awesome if you'd leave me a positive review wherever you're listening to podcasts these days. Until next time, take care of you. You are worth it.